Welcome to the Powerhouse Youth Podcast, where our mission is to see the lost saved and the saved disciple. We're glad that you're joining us today. We hope this message helps to encourage and equip you to live out your faith. Amen. All right. We're having trouble with the buckets today. Y'all doing good today? Are y'all happy to be gathered back in Powerhouse? Who enjoyed the movie last week, going to see The Jesus Revolution? Man, we had an awesome, awesome time. If you haven't seen the movie, I would encourage you, hey, go and check it out. Um, But tonight, to kind of get everything started off while you guys are passing the buckets and giving, uh, I just want to celebrate a little bit of what uh, God did last week, okay? And so uh, some of you might already be familiar with some of this info, but last week, Instead of having our normal service, we met at the movies, right? We went to go see the Jesus Revolution. We had over 200 students that came to see the movie with us, which is incredible. We had a few adults that snuck in there. Boy, we just struggling today. I think that's, that's number three. <laughs> Um, but we had a few adults that snuck in there with us, and we packed the theater out, had an awesome, awesome time. Uh, last Wednesday... After the movie, we had 20 students make decisions to follow Christ. Is that not incredible? And so, man, we just want to praise the Lord for that. Uh, Also, if you guys didn't know, just over the last four or five weeks, including the decisions made last week, uh, we have had over 33 students make decisions to follow Christ in about the last month, which which is just awesome. Man, and so God has, has been moving in, in a huge way, and you witness that across the nation and even just here in our services. I mean, you can sense the presence of the Lord and there being a hunger for God. And so listen to me real fast. If you have recently made a decision to follow Christ, um, what we're going to do, we actually have a sign-up for a baptism, okay? And so if you're interested in being baptized Being water baptized is the next step of obedience scripturally after you decide to follow Christ. And if you want to know a little bit more about what that means, the significance of it, you're interested in being baptized uh, to publicly profess your faith in Jesus Christ, we have a sign-up sheet on the coffee bar. So tonight, before you leave, I want you to put your name down so I know, and I'll reach out to you. We'll schedule a time for you to be baptized. And then secondly, if you have recently made a decision to follow Christ— Tonight, after service, I'm going to get you to hang out with me for just a few minutes in here, and we're going to chat uh, just about what it means to follow Christ, and we'll give you a little bit of a kind of background on that, okay? Sound good? Sound good? Are y'all alive? Y'all alive? Amen. Well, hey, uh, I I want to kind of preface our message and all of that tonight with this. Um, Last week, we went to the movies one we had an awesome time. We got to eat some snacks and all of that, you know. Um, but more than just going to see a movie, I mean, the Jesus Revolution was about looking back on this season where God came and transformed our nation. In a time where it seemed like it was almost hopeless, and so much of the younger generations were on drugs, they were caught in sexual sin and compromise, they were rejecting the church. But all of a sudden, God showed up in a miraculous way and started changing people's lives. And I don't know about you, but for me, that stirs my faith to believe that God can do it again. Amen? And so what we've been seeing across our nation, I hope that you partner with us in prayer 
that God would come and he would move and have his way. And it's been awesome to see what's happened at Asbury and all these college campuses and things. I uh, mean, I'm pumped about that, but I also want to see that happen in Texarkana. Amen? I don't want to just talk about it. I don't want to just watch it on uh, an Instagram feed or whatever. I want to be there and be able to experience it and walk in all that God has for us. And I believe that it's going to begin with young people in our city. Young people that are ready to follow the Lord and do all that he has called us to do. And so tonight, um, what I want to do, I want to do my best. Uh, I know sometimes I'm not uh, that much of an encourager. I tend to, uh, I tend to be a little hard sometimes, and, uh, which uh, I kind of, I think youth respond well to that. You just kind of like being told how it is. Uh, but tonight, I want to encourage you in this season where we are, uh, and I hope that you would walk away tonight ready to take the next step in this season of uh, just God pouring out his presence in our nation. And so if you would, I just want you to bow your heads and let's pray. And, uh, and, and I want you to put your phones away for the next few minutes. I don't want you to talk to your neighbor. I want this to be a time you set aside for the Lord. And so God, we come before you right now. And Lord, we're so thankful that we get to gather together as believers, when so much of the world doesn't even get to do this. Lord, we, we don't want to take it for granted. We want to learn about you. We want to grow closer to you. And so tonight, would you come and speak to us and, and have your way? And Lord, we give you our attention, our devotion tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 8. If you don't have your Bible, that's cool. It's going to be on the Sky Bible. That's what we call the screen, FYI. I don't want you looking at your phone pretending that you're on your Bible app when you're really texting your boo, okay? Please don't do that. Um, some of you are like, I just wish I had a boo. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But hey, if if you don't have a hard Bible, I would just put your phone in your pocket. I don't want you to, to be distracted by that tonight. But uh, I think that uh, what we're going to talk about tonight will be interesting to you. So go your eyes to the screen. Here we go. Verse 22 and 23. Luke 8, verse 22 and 23. This is where we're starting. It says this. One day he, meaning who? Okay, just, yeah, that was a wild guess. Okay, one day Jesus got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. Okay, so I'm just gonna pause there. This is a story most of us are kind of familiar with, but Jesus and the disciples, they go on a nice boat ride. Anybody ever been on a boat ride? Anybody you've ever been on a nice boat ride and all of a sudden your boat started to sink? I've been there a couple of times. It's a, it's a scary moment, okay? And so Jesus and his disciples, they're on a nice boat ride. Everything's great. They're headed in, in the direction. They're going across the lake. All of a sudden, a storm blows in, right? And it gets really bad. Listen to me. It gets really bad. And if the disciples who were accustomed to being out on the Sea of Galilee fishing start to get scared and nervous, you know it was probably really bad, okay? And so these guys that are used to this, man, they start kind of freaking out. The waves are so big that they start crashing over the sides of the boat. And guys, you know, like, when water gets in the boat, 
That's not a good thing, right? They don't have pumps back in the day to pump that out. I don't know if they're in there with like a bucket, like trying to like throw some of this water out of the boat. But all of a sudden, water starts filling the boat and they know, hey, if something doesn't change, we're about to sink and there's no way we're about to swim through all of these waves. Okay, I've only been out on some hard waves a handful of times. One of those times was on a jet ski, and I thought that I was about to die, okay? And it was very, very scary, so I can kind of relate. And I knew that there was no way I was about to swim through these things if we went down, okay? And so this is where they are. They're like, hey, something has to change, and while all of this is happening, where is Jesus? Where? Yeah, he's asleep. Like, what? He's taking a holy nap. A holy nap. And, and this, is, this is obviously the main point of my message tonight. All of this happens to make sure we understand that God loves naps. Can I get an amen? Anybody, you're a big fan of some naps? Have you, I'll kind of ask a question. This is, I was just thinking about this today when we were studying. Have you ever had a nap so good, you're sleeping so hard, you wake up, you have no idea who you are, or what day it is, <laughs> and then you just know immediately, like, that was a pretty good nap. <laughs> That's happened to all of us, and I want you to think about this in the moment, because evidently, this is the kind of nap that Jesus is having, okay? Just think about it. If this storm is really that bad, if the waves are really this big, Jesus is probably being thrown around in the boat, right? Waves are probably splashing him. Jesus is probably soaking wet, and somehow he's just up front like, I can't sleep through that at all. We have any hard sleepers you think you could sleep through that? I couldn't sleep, I know I would wake up immediately. And so Jesus is having this hardcore nap while everyone else is scared for their lives thinking they're about to die. <laughs> and so this is kind of what happens next. Look with me, verse 24 and 25. It says they did probably what any of us would do. They went and they woke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing and he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him? Okay, I want you to get this tonight, because I know that this is a story that you're probably familiar with. And it's going to be easy to chat with your neighbor and be a little distracted, but I want you to draw in for a few minutes. Because here in this story, they wake Jesus up from one of the best naps in history. In an instant, he speaks to the storm and the chaos, and what happens? It stops. Okay, this is a miraculous display of who Jesus is, that he speaks to the winds and the waves the creation, the earth, that nature obeys him. And the moment he speaks, it all stops. Completely disregarding the laws of physics and the way we know how things function, 
just to kind of let you in on this, when there's a storm that blows over the lake or a, or a sea, it generally takes hours for the waters to settle afterwards. You ever been to a still lake and you throw a rock in? What happens? It's ripples. And then what happens when they get to the outside? They come back in, right? It's like all the water ripples out, the waves slosh around. If you're in a bathtub and you run your arm one way, the water sits there and goes back and forth for a few minutes until it chills out. Like, we've all been there. And so what I want you to see here in this story that Jesus speaks, and it's a miracle that the winds and the waves stop, and then it says a still happens. Literally, the water stops. It's like glass. It doesn't take hours to smooth out. It's just like this. The waters obey him and are calm. It's a pretty amazing thing. And so at Christ's word, it all stopped. And even the disciples in this story were amazed at what just happened. Who would you be a little impressed? Okay, everybody should have their hand up because if you're not impressed by that, it's pretty hardcore, okay? They're amazed. But what I want you to see tonight is there's purpose beyond the miracle in this moment. I mean, I, I believe it's either the gospel of, I think it's the gospel of Mark actually lets us know that it wasn't just this boat with the disciples, but there were many boats that were out on the water with them. And so Jesus calms this storm that would have more than likely killed all of these people. And so this is quite a, a, a big deal. And, and so in this moment, the miracle, though, was not just for these people, okay? It wasn't just for the disciples. It wasn't just to minister to them, although Jesus wanted to minister to them and, and loves them, but there was purpose beyond him just silencing the wind and the waves. In this moment, this entire encounter, Jesus is trying to reveal to his disciples who he is. He's trying to help them understand who he is. The disciples have been following him probably for close to a year and still didn't really understand that he was the son of God. They thought he was a good teacher, a good man, perhaps a prophet, a miracle worker, but they didn't understand the magnitude of, of who he was. And, and so I want you to kind of put this in your mind for a second. Jesus is revealing that he is God with the authority to command the sea and the wind that nature is subject to him and must obey him. He's literally giving us a picture that he has authority over all things. Do you understand that tonight? It's not just about a moment and a miracle. Jesus is revealing to the disciples and to us who he is, that all things are subject to our God. And so I want you to, to kind of look, if you have your Bible, I want you to look at this entire chapter for a second, but if you don't, it'll still make sense. But here in Luke 8, and this excerpt we just read, Jesus speaks to the storm, he calms the storm, the wind and the waves stop, right? When they get to the other side of the lake, they encounter a man possessed with a host of demons. You remember that crazy story? The demon speaks to him and says, my name is Legion, for I am many, like creepy, like talk about like chill bumps on your skin. You read through that story, like what? Okay. But he speaks to the demons and they have to leave. And then the demons ask Jesus for permission to go into what? Pigs. They had to ask him for permission, right? Jesus says yes. What do the pigs do? 
They run off a cliff and drown. And then everybody in the region is like, Jesus, get out of here. Like, you just killed a bunch of pigs. They're like mad almost. Okay, crazy. So, so he encounters the demon-possessed man. Directly after that, this is all the same chapter. Okay, just look at Luke 8. Directly after that, he encounters the woman with the issue of blood that has been dealing with this sickness for 12 years. This woman encounters Jesus for, for one moment. She touches the hem of his garment, and in that moment, she's healed. Following that encounter in Luke chapter 8, Jesus goes to a man named Jairus's house. I'm just going to pretend that's how you say his name. It's kind of, kind of weird, okay? Jairus, the I is before the R, but it's okay. That's why I said it like that. Anyway, we're going to argue about semantics. We're going to move on. All right, but he goes to Jairus's house. <laughs> and who knows what happens? Jairus's daughter is dead. Jesus walks into his house and says, little girl, I tell you to arise, and the little girl sits up out of her bed. And so literally within a single chapter, I want you to get this, within a single chapter, we see Christ exalted to have authority over nature, over the demonic and the spiritual realm, over sickness and over death. And so they're knitting all of these stories together to help us see Christ for who he is, high and exalted above all things, amen? That he's the name above every other name, that he's the only one that is worthy of worship, and he is the one that holds all authority here on, in heaven and on earth. That's who we've come here tonight to worship and to honor not just a man that you've heard a story about once, but a God that holds all authority. It's almost like that children's song, he holds the whole world. Yeah, come on. I'm not gonna sing it, y'all are just gonna make fun of me. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> but, but it's like that. What, what I'm trying to get you to see tonight, listen, is that our God holds all authority. Jesus is not just performing random miracles, although he's trying to meet people's needs. He wants to reveal to the disciples and to us who are reading these texts that we would come to know who he is. And I just want you to hear this tonight. Just like the disciples in the story that had been around Jesus for a while but still didn't really understand who he is, there are a lot of young people in our world that have been around church, that have been around Jesus, that might know a story or two, but you actually have no idea who Jesus is. And there's not much depth of a relationship there. Can we just be honest? That's very, very common today. And I think it is a part of, of God's heart for this younger generation that he would come and reveal himself to us. That we would know who he is, not just stories about him. That we would know him. That we would have moments with him in his presence, in his goodness, where we would realize that literally everything in our lives, all the battles and the struggles and the big things that we face, they are subject to him. 
That is who our God is. That's why we're gathered together to sing songs and to worship and to honor him because there is no one greater. You think of anything great in your life, you put together the biggest thing that you can imagine, I will tell you that it doesn't compare to the goodness and the greatness of our God. You can't imagine or fathom how good and how big, how mighty and how awesome he is. Your mind can't even begin to wrap around his goodness. You don't understand at all, and we won't understand. We will spend the rest of eternity getting to know his majesty. That's how awesome our God is. And some of us, we come to worship, and we're like, I mean, he's all right. It's like, uh, no, you just don't know. You don't know who he is. You've been around him, but you don't know. And he wants you to know. There's an invitation to know. Come and, and know me. Come into relationship with Christ. It's, it's the call that we would lay down our sins and, and follow him. And, and listen to me, young person. Jesus wants to reveal himself to you. It says when we seek him, we what? We find him. Have you been seeking him in your life? Have you? Have you been seeking other relationships? Fulfillment in other areas, satisfaction and success or popularity. I'm going to tell you, those things will never fill you up because you were made to be satisfied in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so tonight, I, I want to give you a couple of ideas that, that I think will encourage you, I guess, for this season um, and so I want to pull us back to this little passage we read at the beginning of Luke 8. They're in this boat. They think they're about to drown. They're about to die. They're freaking out. Who would be freaking out if you're there? Who's scared of water? Okay, okay. Make sure to keep an eye on some of you if you come to the beach with us this, <laughs> this summer. So they're there. They begin to freak out. They're in fear. They're worried. They think that, that their life is about to end. And every time I read this story, I want you to hear this. Every time I read this story, it makes me come back to this idea that the disciples had no idea who was in their boat. They had no idea who was in their boat. Shortly after this moment of this encounter and in this, this chapter, I believe it's even in Luke 9, they begin to profess their faith and their knowledge and, and who Christ was. But at this moment, they didn't know. And so in this moment, they were fearful and they were afraid. But if they would have known who Jesus was, how awesome he is, what he came to do, they would have known they weren't about to die. They weren't about to drown. Jesus wasn't about to drown in the Sea of Galilee. Like, this, this wasn't about to happen. And instead, they began to let their circumstances kind of dictate their emotions instead of rooting their faith and their trust in the guy who they knew was in the boat. He wasn't worried. He was up there asleep. <laughs> well, I wish I could have that kind of peace. Sometimes I stay up all night thinking about stupid stuff. Anybody you trying to like win a fake argument with somebody laying in your bed? <laughs> Man, I told them so good. Like that's silly. Jesus wasn't worried about none of that. 
But if the disciples would have known who was in their boat, they would have known that they weren't going to sink. They weren't going to drown. And I want you to hear this tonight because I'm not sure that there's a greater depiction of modern Christians trying to walk after Christ. I think so many times we get swept away and we get concerned with the chaos and the waves of life and all of these things that are going around that we feel like we're not going to make it through. Can we just be honest? I know every one of us in here, you've probably got a battle, a struggle, an issue, something going on in your family, something that's heavy, a burden that you're carrying. And there are always these seasons in life where you feel like there's no way I'm making it on the other side. This is just too big. This is too heavy. My, my depression has just been, been getting worse and worse. My anxiety seems to be getting worse. They're trying to up my medication or, or whatever your thing is. There are always seasons where we're focusing on those things and the circumstances going on around us. And I felt like tonight that we simply needed to be reminded about who is in our boat. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have put your faith in him and you've devoted yourself to him, can I tell you, in your boat called life, Jesus is there with you. And when you recognize that Jesus Christ is in your boat, you can know that your boat isn't about to sink. He's gonna see you through to the other side that you can accomplish the purpose for which he has set forth in your life. And there's so many times that we get consumed with these things that are happening and it's just like, hey, remember who's in your boat. Jesus is there. He's with you. He'll uphold you. He is your strength in the time of weakness. This is our God, the one who holds all authority. Can I just speak to your your, your issue for a minute? We just look at all of these things that Jesus displays that he has power over and sometimes we act like, well, my sin is just too big for him. It's like home dog. He literally just silenced a huge storm. He he literally just cast out like 10,000 devils out of one crazy dude. Like I think he can handle your little porn problem. I think he can handle your anxiety. I think he can handle your family issue. Jesus can intervene because what they're trying to tell us is that he holds authority over all things. And he asked them in this moment, hey, disciples, where is your faith? And I think that's the same question he asks us a lot. Where's your faith? Why don't you trust me? If you really knew who I would, who I was, Wouldn't you have a greater level of faith and trust? Absolutely. The problem is, a lot of us don't know who he is. So we struggle to put our full trust there. And so in these moments, when your issue and your problem feels too big, when you're overcome by fear or worry or anxiety or whatever the case may be, Can I just remind you to hold on to that truth? You need to remember who was in your boat. Jesus is there. He's gonna uphold you. He's got your back. He wants you to accomplish his will for your life more than you want to accomplish it. And he'll see you through to the other side. And so stop allowing the circumstances in your life to bring fear 
in doubt and place your trust in Jesus Christ. He holds authority over all, over everything. He conquered all. That's our God. And that should be a faith builder for us tonight, amen? And, and so tonight, man, I, I think over the last few months, man, God has been stirring things in our hearts, things that we need to do, things where you need to step out in faith, where maybe you need to overcome fear, where you need to get beyond some sin or addiction. And I think in all of those cases, we just have to remember who is in our boat. How many times do you feel like God tells you to do something, but you feel too overwhelmed or too unqualified to do it? In those moments, remember who's in your boat. That he's gonna uphold you, that he's gonna give you the words to speak, he's gonna give you the boldness to do it. That God is going to move on your behalf. And so it's not just for the bad things, but you also have to remember in the good times and the things that you know God is leading you to do and how he's calling you to be obedient, remember who is in your boat, that he is going to strengthen you in those moments, that we have to trust him and place our faith in him. And so whatever it is, good or bad, he has authority over it all. And so whatever God has been placing on your heart to go and do, we have to trust him and step out and do it. And remember that he's in our boat. If we need to end that unhealthy relationship, hello, you need to step out on faith and do it. If you need to share your faith with your friend or your family member, you need to step out in faith and you need to do it. And in all those times where you feel intimidated or like you just can't do it, you remind yourself that Jesus Christ is there with you and he'll strengthen you in those moments. Because it wouldn't be walking in faith if you could accomplish it all by yourself. We need him. We need his strength. We need his wisdom. We need his boldness. And so I want us to go into every situation in our life, every obstacle that we face, everything good or bad, and remember, hey, Jesus is in my boat. And I was just reminded of this verse in Romans 8.31, and it says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If he's with us, if he's for us, if he's upholding me, then who can stand against our God? The answer is no one, because that's how great our God is. Amen? And I want to give you a couple other thoughts before we close. Um, you know, when I, I'm kind of wrestling with this story, I love this idea. The disciples are going through this storm. They're thinking they're going to die. They're enduring this hardship, this difficulty, really in a short season of their life. It's probably, you know, an hour or two. All of it was to get to the other side which directly after this story, you see all of it was to get to the other side so Jesus could set free this demon-possessed man. That's literally about all they do there. He sets this uh, demon-possessed man free. He shares the good news of who he is with him and tells him to go and tell everybody. 
And so Jesus and, and, and the disciples make it through this hardship and this difficulty literally just to go and tell one person about Christ's goodness. One person. And obviously, Jesus thought it was worth the difficulty if even only one person's life was changed. It was worth the difficulty of going through the storm, of almost drowning, of our boat almost sinking, all of these issues. He says it's, it's worth it. And I think if we are going to be effective in doing what God has called us to do in this season and reaching the lost we have to adopt this same kind of mindset. That there will be times of difficulty. There will be times that are uncomfortable. Uh, there are going to be times that are a little bit awkward. Uh, times where you're nervous or where you're scared. You don't really know how it's going to turn out. But I want to tell you tonight, we have to adapt, adopt this mindset that it is totally worth fighting through the difficulty to get to the other side, even if we just see one person's life change. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth pushing through the nerves. It's worth overcoming fear. It's worth being a little awkward. It's worth all of those things. And I think many of us in this room, we have been kind of uh, like teetering on the edge where we desire God to move we desire to see God move in a big way, but we're not really sure if it's, if it's worth it. Like if it's worth to, to, to go all in and to lean over and just run after him, to sell out for him. And, and I think that it's time to stop teetering and for us to push and say, I'm going all in. Like, God, I want to do everything that you've called me to do. And so I just want to ask you a few questions tonight, and I, I, honestly, I just want you to think about it for a second. What is it worth to you to see one of your friends' lives completely changed by Jesus? What's it worth to you? Is it worth being awkward? Is it worth having butterflies? Is it worth being uncomfortable and going and having an uncomfortable conversation? Because a lot of times we get in a situation and we say, oh, it's not worth that, right? Well, Jesus and his disciples say, hey, no, it was worth it. It was worth the fight to the other side just so this one man's life could be changed. What's it worth to you to see your friends set free from their sin? What's it worth? What's it worth to you to see even just one more person inherit eternal life? Because a lot of times, we'd say it's not worth very much. But listen, tonight, I, I want us to mimic Christ and the disciples and realize that it's worth all of these things. It's worth me stepping out of my comfort zone. It's worth me being a little awkward. It's worth me maybe having to stumble over a few of my words before I figure out exactly what to say. It is worth all of those things. It's worth maybe getting denied by one of my friends who thinks I'm crazy. Whatever, it's worth it. Because I know that if even just one person's life gets changed, then it was worth all of the difficulty. And too many times we let those little things in our life hold us back and we don't ever overcome them. And when you get silenced 
by being nervous or fearful or awkward, you're saying it's not worth it. We need to be people who say it is. It's worth getting out of your comfort zone. It's worth overcoming your preference. It's worth costing you your popularity or whatever little popularity you think you have. It's worth it because Jesus is better. Jesus is better. And I think when we decide that building God's kingdom and reaching the lost is worth it, it's worth sacrifice, it's worth getting out of our comfort zone, I think when, when we finally let that click in our hearts, I think that's when we begin to see God do amazing things and, and, and begin to build his kingdom through our lives. I think that's when we begin to see tons of young people in our city come to know Christ through other young people. It's when we finally say it's worth it. But for far too long, we've been saying it's not. And I think tonight is a night where we say, hey, I'm, I'm done teetering on the edge. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to say it's worth it, even if just one person's life gets changed. Amen. And so tonight, I, I want to read to you a couple more verses, and, uh, and then we're going to close. But um, this entire chapter, we just kind of look through all of these stories. In Luke chapter 8, it's displaying the authority of Christ, uh, giving us the revelation of who he is and how awesome he is, that he has uh, authority and dominion and power literally over all things. That's what it's getting to. And what I think is amazing is this setup of all of these stories and these truths that it's presenting, and then in nine, it's almost like it's, it's just teeing this ball up just to like knock it out of the park. It's amazing. It's, it's all about the authority of Christ. And then I just want to read this to you and let it speak for itself. This is Luke 9, the beginning of chapter 9, the first several verses. And it says this, And Jesus called the twelve together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And Jesus sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And so literally we see this entire chapter, the beginning of the gospel of Luke, teeing this moment up to talk about the authority, the power of Christ. And then what does he do at the beginning of chapter 9? He calls his disciples to him and he says, it's not just about my authority, but I want to bestow my authority, power in my name to you that you may go forth and be my hands and my feet in all of the earth. We're talking about the authority that, that we just unpacked in Luke chapter 8. Literally how amazing is that? It's, it's powerful in and of itself. And then the beginning of 9 says, hey, I want to give it to you. I want you to walk in my authority. I want you to walk in my power. Follower of Christ in 2023 here in Texarkana, I want to bestow that authority to you that you would literally be like Christ wherever you go. That this power and authority of our awesome God, he says, I want you to walk in my authority as my ambassador. 
And so this God that we talk about that is above all things, is greater than all things, he looks to us as his followers and he says, you go walk in my authority. So that means everything that comes against us, every issue and every problem, and we can trust and have faith that God will help us overcome it because our God is greater than those things. And I think far too long we have cowered to the giants in our culture where we are scared of sin, we're scared of what everyone thinks, we, we don't really want to live this way, this boldness. And, and, and listen, you were called to walk in the power and authority of our God. We're not scared of sin We're not scared of the culture. I'm not scared of the things that happen out there because I know that he who is within me is greater than he who is within the world. I know that our God is bigger and I think it is time for many of us to wake up and to walk in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. It's greater than all the garbage that's in our world. You watch the the Jesus Revolution movie last week and literally the time in our nation, the probably only other time rather than right now in our history when America, most Americans would have said it's too far gone. Jesus is probably about to come back. Our culture is so dark. That's literally what people are acting like today. They didn't think God could do anything. What did God do? A nationwide revival swept America and changed millions of lives. I want you to trust that God is greater than all of these things. He's better. I mean, he's better than whatever this world has to offer you. And he's better than your boyfriend or your girlfriend. He's better than money. He's better than a house. He's better than the car. He's better than you getting your dream job or whatever. All of those things, you'll get there and you'll realize that they're hollow. And it's a lie that the culture feeds you and you hold on to and you're always looking for the next thing. It's like a, a, a rabbit chasing the carrot. You're just always chasing the next thing until you finally get there and realize it doesn't fulfill you. Why do you think we have all these famous people that are on drugs and committing suicide? Because they get to the end of the rat race and they realize that it didn't fulfill them. And so young people, I want you to understand tonight that you weren't made to be satisfied in the things of the world. It will never satisfy you. You'll only be satisfied when you learn to walk in communion with our God. And so tonight, I want us to leave this place, hopefully with stirred faith, that you remember about who is in your boat and that he has bestowed his authority and his power to you. And he says, go and be my hands and my feet, that you would reach the lost, that you would share the good news, that you would pray for the sick and that they would be healed, that we would have faith to do those things and to walk in boldness. Because that's who our God is. That's what he's calling us to do. And so tonight, I, I want to pause, and, and I'll go ahead and invite the worship team to come up. And if you would, I just want you to bow your heads for a second.
And I just want you to pause and, and, and just have a moment with God. And I just want you to pray and just ask this simple question that we ask almost every week. Just say, Lord, what are you speaking to me? God, what are you saying to me tonight? And I just want you to listen. God, what are you saying to me? And I think for many of us, it's this overwhelming kind of knowledge that you've been teetering on the edge where you want to see God do something great, but you've been afraid to step out. And tonight is about remembering who is in your boat and that the person who's in your boat is greater than anything you could ever face. And so what I want to do, I want to pray over that group tonight. If you feel like you've kind of been teetering, but you're ready to go all in, to walk in boldness and in God's authority, I just want you to lift your hand right where you are, and I just want to pray over you tonight. Amen, I see you. Amen, I see you tonight. If you would, I just want you to bow your heads and stay in this moment. I want to pray over that group. God, we come before you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for that group tonight that, Lord, says that it's time for them to go all in. Lord, we know that far too often it's easy to focus in on the things of the world, the circumstances around us, all the chaos that's going on. But Lord, we acknowledge right now that you are greater Lord, that we want to remember who is in our boat. Lord, that every moment, Lord, everything that you've called us to do, Lord, everything that you've placed in our hearts, Lord, I pray that you would give us the faith to step out and to do it, to see it accomplished. Lord, I pray right now that you would, you would just bestow that authority and that power on us, Lord, that we would go forth and to be your hands and feet. Lord, that we would go to school and we would say it's worth it. It's worth having an awkward conversation. It's worth getting out of my comfort zone. It's, it's worth risking my popularity, Lord, as long as I'm honoring you when I do it. Lord, give us that boldness. Help us to trust you and to remember that you are always with us. And so, Lord, tonight we just say we love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Hey, tonight, I want you to stand to your feet, and you can come down.